learn something new every day. I am Joan Boyko, Coordinator of Communications and Community Outreach for the Palm Springs Unified School District. We are proud to present a new podcast each week that focuses on the people, programs, projects, and activities here in the district. This show is produced by my dedicated student interns in the Digital Arts Technology Academy, also known as DATA, at Cathedral City High School under the direction of Mr. Bryce Johnson. Our interns are Danica Palmersheim, Raymond Ruiz, and Cynthia Alvarez, and they are doing a fabulous job each and every week. And today on the show, I'm very pleased to welcome back my monthly co-host, Palm Springs Unified's Coordinator of Visual and Performing Arts, Barbara Anglin. Welcome back. Thank you, thank you, my friends. Good to How be here. How are you doing? You know what? Everyone knows we record ahead of time. So when this airs, I'm going to be fantastic because I'll be on winter break. That's right. And Merry Christmas <laughs> to both yeah, of you. Today, yeah, today, time flies when you're having fun and today is Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas. Thank you, my friend. And Barbara has brought with her uh, return guest. She's been on the show like two or three times already. And one of my favorite guests, she is the executive director of Cabot's Pueblo Museum, Irene Rodriguez. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here with both of you and, and sharing what we have and catching up, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. So Barbara, winter break, here we are, and which is, uh, which is really nice. And toward the end of the show, we'll have you talk about um, something that's exciting and actually should, yes. you know, again, we record in advance, but we're going to share something that is very, very timely. So, so timely that we're not going to be able to tell you all that much, but we give <laughs> right. you, we give you a tease and then you have to do a little research. Yes. But so that's a teaser for the end of the show. But right now, please tell us about our guest. Yes, well, we have a long-standing partnership with um, the Cabot's Pueblo Museum and Irene, and she's just wonderful to work with. And I want to do a plug, since it's winter break, to get out there and go see the museum because I want everyone to think about during COVID, the museums were closed. And so there was no income coming into the museums. And that's part of what they use to fund their um outreach and education. And so that then affects what they're able to do in our schools. And so go out to your museums, especially Cabot's right now <laughs> while you have the time off. Um, so because of that, um, we um, are doing kind of a full-blown usual in the Desert Hot Springs Elementary Schools in person. And then with three of our other school elementary schools, Irene is doing a hybrid part online and part in person. So I will let Irene take it from there. What Thank you very much first, um, Barbara, for really plugging in, you know, not only my museums, but museums in general. Yeah, many museums were closed on it. And we were able to open only the grounds and be able to charge, you know, only $5 for come and walk around. And even during lockdown and certain periods, people were grateful for that, you know, to mm. walk around. And so I do invite you to come and, and enjoy the winter in, at Cabot's, you know, it's really, it was really great. Um, so... We do have the our program making a difference on it that we are going to every second grade um, class in the schools in Desert Hot Springs and three additional schools within the district. 
And so we're able this year, we're so excited to go um, in person um, on it. So Cabot Yorkshire Elementary was the first one. Uh, and then um, we they would walk to the museum for the field trips, a different experience there. Um, and then also Cathedral City. Cathedral City Elementary is our one of the new schools that we're offering this year. Mm -hmm. And so um, we're doing a hybrid in um, where we do the first lesson and via Zoom and then um, be able to come for them for the field trip. And then by my, by my I overlooked it, we were double booked between Kevin mm -hmm. Yorksa and Cathedral City. But I'm lucky this year that I've been participating with the Cal State University, Cal State San Bernardino with the College Corps. So we've been assigned what they call two fellows and they're helping with this, making a difference on it. So they were able to implement the lessons while we're um, teaching and um, the schools at, at Cabellorxa on it. So everyone it wins. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's like I have to make sure that I don't overbook though. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. What's the partnership with Cal State? With the fellows? It's Cal State San Bernardino. They have a it's a state program throughout the states and offer with different universities, both four-year and two-year community college, where it's called college core. So it's they're sort of based like America Core or um the Peace Corps. So they're volunteering at my institution but they're also getting some funds from this program. So it's sort of paid internship, but through another organization. So it's um it's statewide on it. So I was lucky to find out and, and they started in late October, it's the first year. So everybody was, you know, figuring out the infrastructure and at the same time trying to recruit um, the students. So. So because, so you were all, you were double booked, but because you had the interns, you were able to to serve everyone. Yes, <laughs> isn't well, that lucky? It's like, like oh, <laughs> yeah, like Barbara said, win win. Yes, yes, yeah. So that's great. So the second grade program, it's it's two lessons. It is. It's I would say it's three lessons. Um, one lesson is in the, is in the classroom, and they it's a whole mapping activity. So they kind of map their whole neighborhood where the school's at. Based on the second the, grade social studies standards. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they pinpoint different landmarks. And they also talk about the corner points, which is north, which is east, west, and south. My sister always says that north changes, and I have to convince her north does not move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it always it does not move. Um, and then. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, so the um, <laughs> the other one is the the other two lessons type of is at the museum. So of course it's the visit itself that they kind of we show part of it, and then since our have you been to the museum and make sure you come, the rooms are really small. And so yeah. we divide the classroom into half. So while half is enjoying the museum and the prelude itself, the other half is doing an art activity because Kevin Yorksa was many things, a builder, a writer, and an artist. So he would do these small little paintings. So what we do is we do a postcard. So they get to design a little postcard. We use some special crayons 
uh, which Barbara got to see one time. And these special crayons, once you add water to it, it, be, it has a whole water color effect to it. And so I Barbara told knows all about those crayons because <laughs> we actually recorded another show this morning. And she was talking, she was talking, we had one of our artists and residents on and she was talking about just what you're talking about right now. Awesome. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. She, magical. Yes. Yes, she used to work for me, so that's why she knows. <laughs> and I was spreading the, the, and I found out the special crayons many years ago, so I tried to always use them, and it's very fascinating. That way, the kids are not pressured that the watercolor is not going anywhere. They can just focus on the drawing and just add a little water, little by little, and, it's, and it dries quickly. And then I do encourage them that they could also melt the postcard that they like, or give it to somebody on it. So always thinking in, in that perspective. So, Absolutely. and then at the end, of, yeah, I try to also provide guest passes for, for the students and the families. Yeah. Oh, so they can come back with their family yes. at a different mm -hmm. day. Yes. That's really nice. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I had the good fortune of going to a chamber mixer a few months ago. Uh -huh. Um, it probably was it's probably more than a few months ago. It was probably last spring. Already. It was March. Yeah. Uh, see, look, <laughs> yes. it's like going on a year ago. Time flies, goes faster. The, older, the yeah. older we get, the faster it goes. But I had only been there one other time, and that was for an event that was outside. So I really, I saw the grounds. Absolutely beautiful. Oh, the view. The Did view. not get to go inside, though. And I was able to go inside. Uh, when I went to the chamber mixer and boy, it, it really is, it, it's really even hard to describe. I'm going to ask you, um, Irene, to give us a little snapshot of what, what is inside and, and yeah. a little glimpse into Cabot Yerkes's life and contributions, but it won't do it justice. She, she'll do a great job, but you really have to go mm -hmm. to, to experience yeah. Thank you for that, Joan, because when I do talks, and I don't do talks about the museum itself, um, uh, I tell what we do and what we're about, because like you said, it's hard to describe you. You need to really experience. So imagine, you know, coming in, looking at these rooms, kind of opening and you see who lived there, you know, you see the, the materials that he used. Could it be a... Um, telephone pole could it be an old wagon for a door and um, why did he put these windows in here every window in that pueblo is very different because uh, he sort of designed these different parts of the window panes some are really just solid some are different pieces um, he was very resourceful he didn't want to buy a lot of new things so he will go into abandoned buildings, get those lumber, and sort of figure out how to build these different rooms. As you enter one of them, you'll see a, a whole 1950s photography of the Pueblo. You will see there's no many changes. You go into the other room and you'll see uh, a little bit about his family, how Desert Hot Springs look like, just an open desert and how he made this his home. And then, for being up, you know, here in the valley, he had a pretty large kitchen. You'll see what type of fridge he had, his kitchen. And then you go into his dining room, which we actually changed it to his art gallery. So you see the different 
pieces that he created and the classes that he took because he was able to travel to Europe and to classes in Paris. And so you see that. And just be, and then last year, just to share this with you, a child asked me, how do we know this is true? And one of the reasons that we know this is true is because Cavett actually wrote. He had a journal. So we encourage everybody to also write your thoughts, mm -hmm. your experience, so you could share this with somebody. And so, and then that's how we know he traveled, he sketched, he met interesting people on it. So he really wanted to share this uh, here in Desert Hot Springs and becoming an uh, art colony. So as you come in, you see actually the first room that he built that he also did not put any sort of flooring there. He left it as dirt because he adopted the indigenous people philosophy as always being close to mother earth. So that's why you get that whole feeling. Now, hopefully I would describe a little bit of what it is, but again, you need to come and experience each room is very different mm -hmm. in thinking about the materials that he used on that. So yeah, really. You you did a you did a really good job. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but it it really it, give us a little background on you know they say oh Cabot uh, Cabot oh, yes. is the father of Desert Hot Springs. Why is that exactly? So Cabot came here twice. He came first in 1913. He wanted a homestead, which means he was able to get land 160 acres for ten dollars on it. That's a lot of land, and so. But the key thing is, where was the water? There was no water. Like we can't. Like today, we go to the faucet and there's the water. No, he had to travel seven miles each way to get water every three days, and that's the train station stop, uh, just the other side of the freeway in Palm Springs, on it. And then uh, Coila Elder told me, you know, there's springs up here, so he was searching for waters and wells, and then he found two spring waters, which Desert Hot Springs is known for this because we're lucky there's two plates that makes it one side have the cold spring and the other side be the hot springs. So he was able to find both in his property. So that's when he sort of rediscovered the hot uh, mineral waters. And then really close, you know, he didn't have to travel so many miles to get water on there. So that's what he did. And then, you know, he was able to travel. He he left the area. Um, he traveled. Um, he was in Seattle for a bit, and then he went to Europe. Um, and then he came back in the 1930s. And he came back after speaking with L. W. Coffee. Now, Coffee had the mind of making this area a whole spa city because he knew the value of the hot baths. So. Um, once he was developing different parts of the town here, Cavett came, decided to build his home here and make it as his home. And so that's that's what he did. And that's what we know. He actually built his Pueblo, um, with, I'm sure with some help of other people, but he started this at the age of 58. So no matter how old you are, you could always start something new mm -hmm. and move forward. So that's for me, I always try to keep that in mind. And then he, he, um, did he die here or he left? Yes, there? he did. He died in 1965. Um, he heard the Pueblo and he's actually buried in the um, cemetery in Potato City on it. So yeah, 
on us. So, um, and he did he did he how did how did the uh, museum come to be? Perfect. Perfect. So what happened is, imagine in 1965, um, his second wife Portia didn't stay here long. I'm not too sure whether she wanted to leave or her sisters didn't want her to be here. She was in her 80s alone in this structure. So she left. Uh, this building was abandoned. It, would, it came close to being demolished because the people were just, you know, coming here, you know, having parties and gathering things. It wasn't a good look for the city. And the city was fairly young at that point. And so we owe a lot to Koira, the second owner who actually rescued the Pueblo from being demolished. He bought the property from the state of Portia and and then was able to take care of it for almost 26 years. And when Cole died unexpectedly, um, his children deed the property, the Pueblo, and the collection to the city of Desert Hot Springs. So it is owned by the city of Desert Hot Springs. And then in 2003, the Museum Foundation was formed. And then we have an agreement with the city to run it as a museum and operate it on it. So we have um, the, we have these dedicated staff to make sure that we that the public continues. And then I'm also here to see if there's any other needs that the public needs or needs to be fixed. So I need something. I'll let the city know and they're on they're on top of that. So they're really they're really proud of the Pueblo and that it's here and it's here for for its residents. And that's why we do the program, Barbara, so that the, the second graders knew what's here in their town and they could get, have a civic pride in what Distant Hot Springs has to offer to everybody. So 2003, that yeah. means it's gonna be a special year yes. 23 around the corner. Are yes. any special plans for the 20th? We are. I'm, I'm sort of in there at the mess of it. Nothing concrete yet, but that's something that we want to do and really honor not only the current board members, but also our former board members and to see what's going on and what is, what is the future on the plans for the pub itself. Very, very cool. What a great story and what a great, like, you know, there are museums kind of all over the place. I mean, there's not a lot of them here, but mm -hmm. we have, you know, we have the, the Palm Springs Art Museum and we have the Children's Discovery Museum and, and we have a few others. What's unique though, for the kids in Desert Hot Springs is to be able to, I mean, it's, it's part of where they are from and the history of their city. And how cool is that, that, you know, they, they study about their neighborhoods as a start to the lesson. And then it take, it goes forward and they end up going and seeing the museum and, you know, the father of Desert Hot Springs and how all this came to pass. I think that's so yeah. great. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful to see. It's really wonderful to see and the kids get really excited and to share that excitement with, with their family. So. Very, very cool. So what schools other than the, the five uh, Desert Hot Springs Elementary schools, what are the other schools? Cathedral it's, City? It's Cathedral Elementary, Agua Caliente, and Del Lindy. Excellent. And I'm sure we'll, next time we have you back, then we're going to talk about all 16 schools. 
Yes, that's yes. our hope. Yes, yes. We were starting yeah. down that road yeah. mm -hmm. when, of course, COVID hit. So yeah. right. Yeah. So Cathedral City, you know, the first year I noticed in my records, they participated for the school year 2018-2019. And so, you know, we had them sort of scheduled for 2019-2020, but mm -hmm. then the lockdown happened. And, you know, then we had, a, again, still offer the program, but scaled down. It was doable for everybody. So Barbara and I decided to sort of just focus on Desert Hot Springs. And then as we are able, we're able to then add Three more new schools this year, which we're really excited. And you know, that's I have great. To say that Irene did a phenomenal job over distance <laughs> learning, you know, doing the lessons and then, you know, recording the, the tour and giving the kids still the experience um, via, you know, distance learning. Yeah. It was yeah, great. Barbara and I talked about this uh, on the last show as well about um, the, and, and actually, we actually it's it's the next show because we, we recorded a little <laughs> yeah. out of order so but we were talking about silver linings uh during the pandemic mm -hmm. and the fact that you know some things can work even mm -hmm. though they might not be optimal there's certainly um no substitution for going to exactly. habits and seeing it in person but you're still able to get uh, you know, a, a somewhat um, great experience yes. and be able to, you know, you can take them through the rooms virtually. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. Oohs and ahs, you know, because, you know, some of it's narrow and yeah. low and or old and you, the kids still <laughs> have the reactions to it. Absolutely. So, um, Irene, the city owns the museum and, and how are you guys funded? So we funded. Um, um, we are funded partially with the um the city. The city does give us up, you know, a portion of a cash grant. Um, but not not everything. And then also we're funded through um our emissions. People when they buy, you know, their ticket emission through um through our um store, they want to take a tour. That is a fee. Come and look at the grounds as well. And then as well as um. Becoming a member of the museum also helps us for that. And, and how do people become a member? Now, the member, they could come at the store, go to our website, um, cabotsfoliemuseum.org, and go under, um, believe, membership, join or give. And I'll give you the details about, you know, become a member of the museum. We have three different levels. So whatever is most convenient to you, and that's for a whole year on that. And then... In addition to the membership and to um, the funds, the revenue from the tours, um, we have a wonderful uh, museum store. We call it the Trading Post because that's mm -hmm. something that um, Cavett called his store, the Trading Post, to continue that tradition. And we focus um, in, in one-of-a-kind um, objects, art on that so both local artists or vendors that we work throughout on the southwest on that so um so basically if you want something you like something um don't think about it too much because next time i'm not I might be gone <laughs> so on it and it's all about you know things are been done or created and passed down from generation to generations on that and it's not mass produced it's made by an individual, so. 
Wonderful. And um, do you also, do you have a docent program? I do. We're starting to do the volunteer program on it. So we're starting that up because we are, um, since of last February, uh, March, 2021, we've been conducting the tours uh, via an audio tour. So now we're still going to keep the audio tour, but we are in the process of implementing in-person tours. So we do need those type of volunteers to come and help us with that and get some specific, you know, times and days. So so you can you can yeah. give you a call or yes give you a call or... we'll figure something out or, or a volunteer coordinator will give you a call and give you all the proper trainings as well awesome well I, I very exciting and we really value your partnership irene Absolutely. and contributions to our kids because it's 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 local history yes and, yes and again you have to see it to really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Irene did a great job of describing it, but you need to go. So what are your hours? Our hours are um, nine to four, um, Tuesdays to Saturday, Sundays from 12 to four. So usually the last tour will be at 2.30. So you want to get to it. Yeah, it would be like 2.30, so. All right. Wait. You have to leave time to go shopping in the trading post. Yes, exactly. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Barbara, before we run out of time, we yes, yes. <laughs> we teased this at the beginning of the show. Something very exciting. Here we are, Christmas Day, and it's it's really become a tradition already mm-hmm. in a in a short few years. But I think this is probably the fourth year now where our musical theater university has put together something really special and really local for the holidays. So tell us what we have going on. It's probably on right now because probably, yeah, told it was going to be on Christmas day. And before Um, it's a little different this year because of David Green's new position as your manager of theater and performing arts. It's the Palm Springs Unified Holiday Special on KESQ. And um, all of our high schools are featured in some way, either the choir or ballet for Florica or jazz band or artwork. So every um, high school is represented as well as MTU students and Broadway um, stars. Kind of think back to the old variety um, holiday specials it's it's like that and it was filmed here in um it's now leo uh, dicaprio's house um but it was um someone's before that as a star i can't think of her name right now and uh, so it has that feel that you know old time palm springs feel to it and you know i remember the days before because now that they have david green and um and a, a, a professional who can put something like this together. And one year he did a musical, last year, I think it was a film, it was a musical yes. film. And um, and then another year, it was an hour long MTU special. <clears throat> Before that, the local stations would come to me and say, have your choir or have your band record something or have them just come to the studio and we'll record it. And quite honestly, they would put together a mismatch of stuff so that the news crew could have the day off for Mm -hmm. Christmas. And rather than run the, you know, what is it? The Mormon Tabernacle Choir or the U-Log, U-Log, 
they would try to do something local and it was terrible. It was really, really yes. just like a why are you bothering kind of thing because they would really <laughs> throw it together. And then along comes David Green with all these ideas and, uh, you know, a great crew of professionals that he works with. And he proposed this to, it, it's floated between both stations. Yes, it has, yes. um, and now I think KSQ has pretty much adopted this as their own because mm -hmm. they even turned it into a a, a 13 week yes. uh, special. What was it called, yep. Barbara? I forgot. I do. Uh, front row <laughs> center. Front row center. But, but it was front row center. That's right. And it became, it was during COVID. It became a platform for our kids yes. to perform. And it wasn't just MTU. They had the center of it, but it included all of our performing arts programs. It and it was also a fundraiser for the arts. And mm -hmm. so it was great. And, and KSQ is on board for pretty much whatever David comes and says, I have an idea. They're <laughs> like, we can't wait to hear it. <laughs> so that's a long way to say, check your local listings because it's on, it's on today, yes. but it probably will also be on again during the off times. It's going to be prime time during Christmas though. Yes. I probably instead of your six o'clock news, that's what's going to be on because everybody's getting a break. Ladies, thank you for being here. Thank and you. Irene will have you back soon. Thank you all for joining us. If you learn something new every day, a new podcast is uploaded each week. Please subscribe by going to iTunes. Look for you learn something new. Press subscribe. Please tell all your friends to do the same. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to my interns and we will see you next week. <laughs>